Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs, business owners make when they're first getting started. I've lost count of the amount of people I've met in my industry in particular, of course, where um, people are starting or trying to scale up uh, a business based upon their expertise. So in the main, they're coaches, consultants, speakers, trainers, authors, agencies. They've got a business based upon their ability to give information or to help create some kind of transformation in other people's lives. And, and the mistake that I see them make time and time again, I've seen it so many, on so many occasions over so many years, is that they're trying to run before they can walk. Um, so th- think about it this way. Um, and I do shout out Tony Robbins a lot on my podcast. And I know I do, and I make no apologies for doing it because he's taught me so much over so many years. Um, but he's got a great saying, which you might have even heard via me before, which is that most people dramatically overestimate what they can achieve in one year, but underestimate what they can achieve in 10. And really that, I guess that quote is the foundation that my think big, start small philosophy is built on, which is you you can start small and take one step at a time. And okay, maybe you're not going to generate millions or multi-millions in your business in the first year, but actually you'll be staggered, amazed to realize what you're capable of achieving in 10 years. And so some of the biggest mistakes I see business owners, entrepreneurs make when they're just starting out on the journey is that they're trying to play a big game and there's nothing wrong with trying to play a big game. I'm all for that, but they're almost, like I said, they're trying to run before they can walk. Um, They're trying to generate millions of pounds in sales or, or, or act as if they're a big business before they even take the first couple of steps. So um, here's some of the mistakes I see people make. First of all, in my industry in particular, um, you know, I see a lot of new coaches, experts, speakers trying to out of the gate before they've done the basics, before they've got any of the foundations in place, that they start trying to run big events. This is a mistake I see a lot of people make. Um, you know, they, they look in from the outside and maybe see what I do or other other leaders in our industry do, and they go, "Well, that looks easy enough." And they and they go and start trying to run events. And you know, even I've seen many people recruit big uh, or hire well-known speakers at vast expense, put loads of money into marketing and advertising. Um, sometimes, you know, money out of their own pocket, um, and other times, worse, um, money that's been borrowed. Uh, either in the form of a loan or investment from external sources, and they've not been ready. And so consequently, it's been a been an absolute disaster. And I think trying to take those big steps when you haven't really laid the foundations or, or even proven the concept at a basic level is, is foolish um, and ends up screwing a lot of people up. So um, here are some other mistakes I see. Um, these are other examples of the same problem. So, you know, somebody starts a new business and, you know, the first things they do is invest thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of pounds in a fancy website, 
in getting you know their branding done, in setting up their limited company and their bank accounts, and you know getting business cards and letterheaded paper and all these things. They're you know they're they're focused on recruiting staff and they're taking on vast expense before they've done the one thing that in my mind really means you've got a business and that is make a sale. So the first thing that I think you need to be looking at is how can you test the market for whatever it is you, whatever your product or service or program is that you're selling, like let's test the market and see if there's a demand. I would, you know, even though of course the majority of my experience is in the expert space where effectively we're not selling physical goods, we're selling services, we're selling ideas in many respects. But you know, even this applies, if I was starting a product-based business, I would absolutely 100% be trying to test the demand in the market for that product before I spent a single penny on development. That's just how I would be doing it. So I think you know, a lot of this episode, the advice is gonna be geared to the startup to the, the you know the expert who's in the early stages, and in particular, it will be geared um, to people in the expert space, since that's where a lot of my experience is. But I think you can adapt and adopt the this philosophy in 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 almost any industry. I see the mistakes made time and time again. So first and foremost, I think when you're starting out, um, you gotta be. This is a. St- I suppose a philosophy I got from one of my mentors in the early days, um, who I also shout out a lot, called Andy Harrington. Andy and I are still good friends to this day. Um, I remember him saying to me in my early days in business, he was like, look, you know, fail fast, fail often, and fail cheap. And I don't know if Andy may have got that from somebody else, but he was the person that I heard it from. And that always stuck with me to go like, when I'm when I'm starting off on a new venture, or or even if it's, you know, I've got a new idea, that I want to bring into play in my existing business, how can I test it so that if it fails, it fails quickly. I get the feedback soon or as soon as possible. Um, how can I test it so that um, I fail cheap without wasting loads of money and resource? So how do I fail fast, fail cheap, fail often? So, And I suppose the fail often part is always be testing new things. And the more you test new things, the more you're going to find um, strategies, tactics, products, approaches that work. But also, of course, if you're testing lots of new things all the time, you're probably going to find a load of stuff that doesn't work. In other words, you're going to fail often. And that's okay too, because that's really the only way you find the winning formula. So here's my advice. I think if you're starting off, especially if you're in the expert space, um, I'm all for thinking big. Think huge. Um, have an enormous vision. And I hear this a lot from, you know, I say to people, you know, what's your vision? What's your, where do you want to be in 10 years time? And they've got these grand plans, these grand visions about, I want to make this big difference in the world. I want to make a, you know, uh, make a difference and contribute and influence millions of people to overcome these problems that I solve and, and to have a better life. And I love that. Like think big, think massive. But you've got to also be humble enough to start small. And so starting small could just be getting one client and doing amazing work with that one client. That one client could be your first paying client. So straight away, you've had a small but significant win getting that first client. They get a great result. Serve them to the highest level. They get a great result. 
And guess what? Now all of a sudden you've proven that one, you can get somebody to give you some money because what you've got is valuable and two, that it works and it gets a result. Now going and getting the next three, four, five clients becomes a lot easier because you've got a case study, you've got an example. So I'd start off with how can you find clients as quickly as physically possible before you start investing time, energy, money in office space or, or branding or a website or staff or any of that stuff. Start off with what's the quickest route to the client. So that's really what I'm going to focus this episode on is what I see as the quickest route to getting the client, to getting paid. In other words, the start small bit of this philosophy. I think it's important to think big, but you've also got to be humble enough to start small. So here's a few things that I've realized that I've um, experienced over the years are the quickest route. First of all, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the fastest route for you to get recognized and to penetrate a market is to niche, is to specialize your product, your service, um, your program, whatever it is you're selling, focus on a tight-knit, small group of people. Trying to be all things to all people is a recipe for disaster. I mean, just think about it. From a, from a, a commercial perspective, if you're trying to advertise your products, your services, your programs to everybody, that is going to cost a fortune. Like the way to get your market message, your advertising in front of large numbers of people is mass marketing. So we're talking mainstream media. We're talking paid advertising on platforms like Facebook with no targeting is going to cost you a lot of money to get. Just think about it this way. The more people you want to get your message in front of, the more expensive it's going to be. So without going to the extreme, you wouldn't want to target a group of 10 or 20 people with advertising either. Um, but you know, if you, if you can find a niche market, a small target group of people or businesses, depending on what it is you do, if you can find that small target group, and when I say small, I'm talking anything between maybe a thousand and 10,000 people nationwide. Like if you can find a small group to market your product services programs to that's no less than a thousand, but no more than 10,000 people nationwide, that gives you a really good opportunity to give a focused marketing approach, to come up with a campaign that speaks to them, that understands their biggest pains, their biggest problems, that also understands the results, the things they want more than anything. And in doing that, you can, maybe you've had this experience where you've seen an advert or you've you've maybe watched somebody's content on social and or you've listened to somebody's podcast, um, maybe even mine on the first, first few episodes. And you've gone, it's almost as if that person, that, that message was meant for me. Like it was tailored. It was speaking to me personally. And the more you can do that in your marketing, the easier it will be to get a return on the time or the money or the resource you've invested. So I really believe that niching, going specific, who is it that you're targeting, get really clear on the group of people. Ideally, I'd say no, you know, no less than a thousand in your target market and no more than 10,000 to start with. You don't need to be, you know, I talk about this a lot. You know, if you're, if you're setting up as a coach um, and you go, oh, you know, I'm gonna be a business coach and my target market is any business. All right, well, that might be 5 million businesses in the UK, but the likelihood of you creating a marketing campaign 
that's going to attract those 5 million or, or any of those 5 million is pretty slim because, you know, what you've got, what you can do isn't unique. Whereas if you can decide on a specific target niche within businesses in the UK, um, great example, I talk about him a lot because he's such an amazing guy. One of our clients, Gordon Bertram, he's in our seven-figure mastermind program. He is a business coach for martial arts schools. Now, I don't know how many martial arts schools there are in the UK, but I'm going to say it's it's not in the hundreds of thousands. It's in the tens of thousands and probably the low end of that. Um, he's built a, a multi-six-figure business, coaching, training, consulting for martial arts schools. Now, there are millions of businesses in the UK that are not his target market. But I'll tell you something, there are thousands, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of business coaches in the UK who are trying to be all things to all people who have not yet managed to build a multi-six-figure business. Um, and I could give you loads of other examples of other niched coaches, consultants, speakers that have very quickly gone from zero, a standing start, to six figures, multi-six figures, because they were humble enough to think big but start small. And by the way, as you grow, I did this too. Like when I first started um, my first proper business, 2008, I went, right, I'm going to be the copywriter, the guy who writes email campaigns, marketing material, sales letters for NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Practitioners, and coaches. And so by focusing on that target market, there was millions of businesses that could have been my client, but I didn't target them. I focused on the NLPs and the coaches. And because I started small, I managed to get a handful of clients, some of whom were paying me monthly retainers. And I was before long earned a very steady income of four, five, six thousand pounds a month. Now from there, of course, that start small will keep you small unless you then adapt. So of course, then you might want to broaden out. So from there, I then went, well, I'm not just going to write copy for these guys. I'm going to also write copy for a slightly wider audience. And then not only am I going to write copy, but I'm also going to teach people how to write copy for themselves. So I started off with a very focused, specific service for a specific group of people. I understood their language, I understood their pains, I understood the results they really wanted. I knew what they wanted to achieve more than anything. And it made it really easy for me to go and get those clients because I was niched. From there, it became slightly broader, wider audience. It became um, different services that I tagged on as I grew. I suppose that the big the big problem I see here on this subject is that a lot of the so-called gurus, as you might want to call them, um, they tend to, in the main, I'm generalizing a bit here, they tend to, in my opinion, teach and advise seven-figure strategies to startups. And what it takes to get a business started and off the ground is completely different to what it takes to scale that start up to six figures, to seven figures, to multi-seven figures. It's a different, like the business that's a startup that's trying to get its first few clients is a completely different, um, a completely different entity to something that's a, a seven-figure, a multi-seven-figure business. You can't give one-size-fits-all advice. So, you know, and I, I do see that a lot of the so-called gurus, they're, they're teaching you what they do now. What I'd be more interested in 
if I was in the early stages and starting up is, what did you do back then when you were starting? That's far more useful. So what I'm giving you here today is not what I do now. Of course, some of our podcast episodes are based on, here's what's working for us right now in our business. But this episode is not what I'm doing now, it's what I did to get started. Because I know that 80% of my listeners probably are struggling to get their business off the ground. They're struggling to make even a full-time income. They're not yet at six figures in annual sales in their business. So instead of putting loads of time, energy, money, resource into offices and branding and website and staffing and all these things um, and trying to run big events straight out the gate, Think big, yes, but start small. Start with a niche market. Start off with one product or service or program. You don't need lots of different, um, you know, you don't need a tripwire, you know, five, six, seven dollar product to bring people in and then an upsell process. You definitely don't need any complicated marketing funnels when you're just starting out. You need one product or service. You need to take it to a specific niche market. You need to price it accordingly at a rate that actually allows you to earn what you need to earn for the amount of time you need to invest. A mistake I see a lot of people make when I, you know, I spoke to a young lady just last week. Um, she's starting out in her coaching business. I said, what are you charging? She said, I'm charging 90 pounds for six sessions. And I went, well, how much money do you want to earn? And she went, well, you know, I need to earn 30,000 pound a year, um, really just to replace my full-time income that I used to earn. I'm like, well, do some maths. Um, and I forget the exact numbers, but like it, it was physically impossible for her to acquire and deliver for enough clients at 90 quid to make 30 grand a year. The business model just did not stack up to give her the lifestyle that she wanted. So we had to re-strategize on what she was offering, how much she was charging for it. And in the end, what we worked out was that actually, if she could get, just one client a week, which that is more doable, by the way, assuming you know, you've got the ability to build an audience and a good niche and it's pro- the product or service or program is priced accordingly for the audience. Assuming you've got all those things in place, one client a week is doable. Getting hundreds of clients when you're just getting started and you haven't got an audience built yet is, is impossible unless you've got very deep pockets and then it gets very risky. This is why most small businesses fail. I really believe it. And that's why I wanted to make this episode for you is because I really believe that most small businesses fail because they're trying to behave like a big seven-figure, multi-seven-figure business from day one. Now, you will always find the exception to the rule. You'll always find that, you know, that unicorn, that business that started off and, you know, they took a a huge loan or they remortgaged their house and they invested all of the money in building, you know, their offices and advertising and staffing and, and, and a website and they went for it and it paid off. And within a year or two years, bang, they've got a multi-million pound business. But these are the exceptions, not the rule. And, and I do believe this is why most small businesses fail is because they see these, these unicorns, they see these occasional success stories and go, I want to replicate that. But what they don't see is that the majority of businesses that actually make it work are built steadily, they're built deliberately over time, in phases, step by step. And so my advice for you 
is absolutely think big, dream big. I would not want to stifle anyone's dreams, anyone's ambitions at all. No, you know, no one ever did that to me. I would not want that for you. Think big, dream huge, um, but start small. And I think really it just takes a tad of self-awareness and humility to go, right, I've I've never done this before. So for me to go from zero to an overnight success with a multi-million pound business probably isn't realistic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to test the market. I'm going to go for a small niche of people that I know I can really help. I'm going to take a product or a service or a program to market and test it and see what the response is. I'm going to get my first few clients that are going to pay me some money. I'm going to prove the concept by getting great results, get testimonials, get case studies. And then from there, I can gradually scale. And that's exactly what I've done, exactly what I did with my copywriting business in 2008. Um, That ended up being a multi six-figure business. We merged with another company. Um, and that business ultimately um, sold in a seven-figure deal. The uh, More recently, uh, of course, you might have heard me talk about this briefly before in other episodes, I started my current company in 2015. So, um, and I followed, I didn't really know at the time, I've kind of worked this out since, but I did exactly what I'm sharing with you on this episode here. I started out with one product. Um, I served a very small niche group of people. I priced that program. It was it was a one-to-one consulting service. I priced that accordingly. Um, I didn't have any staff. I didn't have any offices. I ran it from literally my bedroom. Um, and within a couple of months, we were turning over 20 grand a month. Then I invested in office space. Then I invested in bringing some staff in. Then I very quickly went from one-to-one consulting to doing, we, we did, we started in July, 2015, And in October 2015, I ran my first uh, workshop again, my first group session. Um, So it didn't take me long, but if I'd have started in July 2015 and tried to run a group session, an event straight out the gate, it would have been high risk because I would have had the marketing cost, I would have had the venue cost, um, you know, and there would would have been no guarantees it was going to work. Whereas after a couple of months of making 10, 15, 20,000 pounds in revenue, to, to risk or invest, you know, five grand in marketing and venue and all that in doing a workshop. The first workshop we did, I think, only had, uh, it, it was less than 100 people in the in the room, so it wasn't huge. Um, so it was relatively modest, but the risk was um, relative to the money that I could afford to lose. Um, and really, that that became the, the platform um, on which I built what we've got today, which is, you know, a multi seven figure business. We run events. Um, I think last year it was almost 200 days of training throughout the year. Um, you know, our biggest event today, it was 1400, over 1400 paid ticket holders. Um, but that could not have happened. That's the thing, big side of the equation, but it couldn't happen unless we'd started small. So, um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, this episode, I really enjoyed making it for you. And it's something that, I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm really passionate about because I believe that a lot of the advice that's given to small businesses is inherently bad advice um, because a lot of the so-called gurus are talking about things they're doing now, now they've made it and they've built a big business, not talking about what they did when they started. So I think that's more interesting, more valuable really for, for those of you that are in those early stages. So Um, Remember, think big, dream big, have a grand vision about what you can do to change the world, to transform people's lives. I love that. I'm all for it. But be self-aware, humble, and modest enough to start small 
and make those changes in the world one person at a time. So um, that's it from me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, as always, the more you connect, the more you collect. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.